This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast number 302. This one is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but we do talk about other franchises as well. Uh, if you uh, have only just come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. And if you need an Android feed, fightdisciples.com is our website. Um, I alluded at the start of the boxing show this week that we've launched a new website for merchandise and then I didn't tell you anything about it at the end of the boxing show. So we're going to start the show by talking about merchandise. Yes, because finally, Nick's pulled his finger out. I had messages, by the way, from Fight Disciples, from regular Fight Disciples this week, saying, you know what he's like with technology. Get involved. Get involved and get that website up. No, I've said to him, I responded, I said, it's his project. I'm leaving him to it. <laughs> and he's got it done. The job is done now, Just isn't about. it? It's a mess, though, wasn't it? We got there in the end. Got to persist. Listen, the first wave of stuff's up there now. So hoodies, tees, and pin badges are up. First mm. orders are being processed as we speak. Mm. And just to reiterate, this is not... This is proper gear, this. This is proper swag. You know, I, Nick Wright is actually... Sewing labels into the back of well, t-shirts. Well, I'm not personally. Actual official... The tailors are. Fa- the tailors. The affi- your mum, right? The official <laughs> Fight Disciples labels are going in the back of the t-shirt. Yep. Yeah? It's oh, not, it's legit. It's not Fruit of the Loom stuff, oh, this, is it? It's definitely not Fruit of the Loom, no. This is legit shit. This stuff, you can wash this stuff half a dozen times and you'll yeah. still be able to wear it. That's right. Won't become a tea towel. 16 virgins in Azerbaijan have uh, yeah. been uh, handcrafting these T-shirts, haven't they? We it shaved the... all their pubic hair. We, is... we knitted it into a T-shirt. <laughs> it's the purest of the pure. <laughs> Pure 100% cotton. Yeah. Honestly, this is this shit is legit. That's it. This is the this is the. You won't get stuff. a rash off this stuff. No, this is, this the is the real proper deal. Stuff. Proper stuff. Proper swag. Honestly, this is the gear, yeah. and it's still fucking. Yeah. Because the, the retailer who we, who we in association with, they were like, nah, 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 that, your price has got to be here. And we were like, fuck that. We're not in there for the money. We're in there for the show. That's it. So we've kept the prices literally fucking bottom line. We're making nothing. But anyway, that's that's just life. We it? just want you to wear our brand. Yeah, man. We just want you to wear the Fight Disciples logo. We're in this together, aren't we? There you go. We are Fight Disciples. So, yeah, man, hit it up. Fightdisciplesstore.com or fightdisciplesstore.co.uk. Uh, are both up and running. And there's a, there's a link. Orders. There's a link on the normal website, fightingsapples.com. Yeah. Um, for those that are asking, the socks are coming. The Mohooker socks. We've had a prototype. I've seen the design. It's fucking sensational. <laughs> Looks right, yeah. You wait and see. They will be the only socks fighters will be wearing. And the main man this has summer. promised that he will model them for the website. Yes, Absolutely, we've got to pay it over to the main man himself, of course. There, there you go. So get yourself on fightdisciples.com. There's a link on there. Click on it, and it'll take you straight to the store. And then you can brand up for summer, do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Actually, I think there's small, medium, large, and XLs are on there at the moment. But don't worry for the Andy Ruiz out there. There is triple XLs coming. Is there? Yes. For there the is. Mark Hunts. For the big Mark Hunts. For the big boys, there's, uh, there's triple XLs in the offering, so don't panic. Triple XLs? Triple XLs, Why have yeah. you gone from XL to XLs. triple XL? No, we've got double XL. Up to, you know, we've got Have you? XL, double XL, triple XL. Okay. For the big boys. And girls. And girls, of yeah. course. Yeah, right. So, yeah, go. they will be coming soon, so keep your eye on the website. There you go. You got the job done, eventually. 
Um, regarding trash talk, you know that we love a bit of trash talk on this show. We we uh, we encourage all fighters to get on the microphone after a fight, call out who you need to call out, say some bad stuff, take it to the nth degree. Maybe not to the levels of maybe Deontay Wilder, but, you know, take it up there. Create the interest in a fight. Paulie Malanagi, fair play, son. Absolutely fair play. I couldn't give a fuck about bare knuckle boxing. You know full well my thought process on this franchise. But when you say that you're going to piss in a toothless mouth, I am there, mate. I am in the game. Took it a bit too far, didn't it, to be fair, this week. That's that's basically desperation at nobody giving a fuck. Mm. You've got to really rev it up. And to be spitting on another human being is the lowest of the low. Paul, Paulie, come on, son. You're better than that. You're a former boxing world champion, son. You don't need to grab on anybody. You don't need to snarl one back and give him a greenie. You don't need that. However, I did like the rhetoric of saying that you're going to piss in a toothless mouth. I don't know. Maybe it's just the image in my head. It just made me smile a little bit. I'm kind of in on that. <laughs> Proper redneck shout for the redneck sport. Mm. No comment on it? No, I, I'm, I'm not giving it the, the attention it doesn't deserve. Okay. Fuck it off. I'm not interested. Bare knuckle boxing is uh, a million miles away from where I want to be with my fight sport at, at present. Okay. So, Where are you at then with the uh, roster cuts? Uh, to uh, the UFC, I saw that you put a little bit of something out on yeah. the old social media regarding Theodoru. I was surprised with Elias, you know, and I, you know, as I put out on the tweet, okay, on this show, I did say him versus Brunson's a loser leaves town match. You know, if you don't, if you can't beat each other, then you're never going to go any higher. So, what are you taking space up for in the top ten? Um, but it's one thing saying that. I thought Elias in losing to Brunson might have gone. You know what? Fuck it. I ain't never going to get a title fight. I ain't never going to do a Bisping because I can't beat Brunson and Brunson's fringe top 10. Um, so I'll go and give this modelling thing, a, you know, I'll go and play that out and fucking be happy. But for the UFC to cut him, it's like they've took the matter out of his hands and gone, mate, what's the point? To be fair, his what's fights, the point of I've, I've watched three of his fights and every one of them's been dull. Yeah, he is a dull fighter, yeah. He is a dull fighter. But he is, he's a nice bloke. He's a top yeah. fella. Honestly, I've interviewed him a couple of times. Listen, this isn't show. This isn't show friends, mate. It isn't. This is show business. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. And if he's not and lighting he's the gaff up, you've got to go. That's what I mean. You know. So people question, like, oh, wait a minute, why is why has he been cut? He's only lost twice, and yet Mark Jacasey's lost fucking three or four or whatever, and you know Ross Pearson and and BJ Penn and these guys. Yeah, but they didn't entertain him fights. They mm. fucking let it all hang out there. Mm. You know, there's been loads of especially British fighters over the years. Who've lost one or two and Look at cuts. Danny. Look at Danny. Yeah. He is always in exactly. a guaranteed entertainment fight. He doesn't win every single time. But he ain't going to get cut because he's always in entertaining fights. Mm. Always. And he can sell himself. He's good for the brand. He's a good company man. Everything the UFC wants. If you ain't going to be a world champion, you better be in fucking fighting the night contenders every time. Mm. And that's what Donny does. Unfortunately, last time out, it was a knockout of the night contender rather yeah. than a fight of the night contender. But he's always in good fights. Mm. That's why, you know, people like Norman Park who try and lay and pray and grind their way to victories. They're, they're staying the UFC short-lived. Nobody wants to see that shit. Mm. Um, I don't know what the situation is with Justin Willis because the it's, it feels a little bit like um, yeah, Rodriguez, that situation. Do you remember when they yeah. came out and they said that they cut him? Then he comes out and says, no, it's a misunderstanding. Yeah, because he wouldn't take the fight, wasn't he? Yeah, it's like that situation. If you remember Rodriguez, they said, right, he's no longer a UFC fighter. Rodriguez says, no, it's all a misunderstanding. So basically what's happened, Rodriguez has gone back with his tail between his legs saying, actually, I I still want to be a UFC fighter. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then the UFC go, okay, we're going to use our power play now. And now you're going to obviously sign this contract and we'll we'll move forward. The the Willis thing feels similar to that. Yeah. Because they've come out and said, what, you're not taking the fight? Right, fuck off then. Done. He's come out and said, it's a misunderstanding. I've no doubt in 
a couple of weeks. Yeah, he'll have a fight named in a couple of weeks that he'll be having a knock with somebody. Uh, but Wilson Heiss is uh, also one of those people uh, that has uh, been cut from uh, the UFC roster. I'd be surprised if, if, as you say, you know, I can see Wilson Heiss fair enough, but I could, be, I'd be surprised if Justin Willis has cut. You know, what he lost one fight in the yeah, UFC. His last one, yeah. Curtis Blades. Mm. So who's not? Who's no mug? But I had heard Willis had been cut because he's just a big, thick motherfucker. Yeah, just a big old fat dude. I mean, the UFC would have been like, come on, son. You can't just rock up with a belly full of Popeyes. You've got to do something. You've got to at least train. You've got to try and at least be in shape. Mm. But, yeah, I'd be surprised if that one scores. I'd be surprised if that one plays out, especially because there's no real depth in the heavyweight division. They don't want to be cutting guys who've only lost one fight in the UFC. Either that, Justin Willis goes over to Bellator and becomes Bellator heavyweight champion. Yeah. So Now, am I being cynical when I say this, right? UFC 229, you were in attendance. You were there, weren't you? Enjoying yourself with Conor McGregor, Khabib. It all kicked off afterwards and everybody got their bands. Yes. Yeah? Now, the guys that were in Khabib's team, you might remember, they were banned for a year. That would take them to October of this year. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, they're not allowed to have a knock until October of this year. I'm going to keep saying October of this year just to stress it, just to ram home the point that I want to make in a moment or two. Now, obviously, Khabib, being the champ that he is, the UFC would like him to have a fight and they'd like him to fight maybe some top contenders because at the end of the day, they don't have that many pound-for-pound pay-per-view superstars. Habib being one of them, they'd like him to have a knock every now and again so they could sell some tickets and sell some pay-per-views. Now, you may have heard us talking about a certain card that's coming up in Abu Dhabi on September the 7th. Now, with that being a predominantly Muslim country and Habib being a Muslim, it just makes perfect sense to have Habib on top of the bill, doesn't it? That's the one that sells. They'll come out in their droves to watch the king that is Habib Gamedov. Now then, there's a little bit of a problem because as I said there, that's September the 7th. Habib's rhetoric for the last year has been, I'm not going to have a fight until my teammates are reinstated. Once they're reinstated, we will renegotiate and we will move forward. Now, as I pointed out moments or two ago, Habib's teammates were banned up until October. As you know, because you're clever, October comes after September. So therefore, that kind of doesn't play well with the plans of Abu Dhabi and September the 7th. In steps... Nevada State Athletic Commission, the good old dogs that they are. Mm -hmm. Did you get your envelope, boys? Of course you fucking did. Here we go. Because Habib's teammates, by miraculous magic floating in the sky, have had their bands reduced by 35 days. Therefore, they can actually have a knock in September, not just October, which then frees up the conversation of Habib headlining in Abu Dhabi. Now, am I being cynical or something kind of just... Is it just coincidence, Nick? You're being terribly cynical. What's what's happened there in order for that those stars to align to to head to the Middle East for maybe Habib versus Dustin Poirier? What do you reckon? Just coincidence, isn't it? Is it? Is it just, just a yeah, coincidence? Oh, they, they, they've been on good behaviour. Coincidence. They've had a good time whilst they've been banned for the year and they've thought they'd treat them well and just knocked 35 days off. Just coincidentally. I still can't believe how guys who climb the stage and a fucking attack the fighter who just been who just lost. Mm. Would only get a twelve month ban anyway. Mm. Well, they haven't. They haven't got a twelve month now. Eleven. Eleven month ban. Ten and a bit. They've got ten and a bit. There you go. <laughs> so it's looking highly money talks. Money talks. Dirty cash. Yeah. One two. It's looking highly probable now that it will be Habib versus uh, Dustin Poirier in on, Abu Dhabi. In Abu Dhabi on September the seventh for UFC two forty two. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, on that then. Because the other part of UFC 229 and the ban list and all that type of stuff was Conor McGregor. And there's loads of chat about what he should be doing next. So let's have a little bit of a debate before we get stuck into the fights this weekend because there wasn't any fights at the weekend just gone for us to obviously analyse. Yeah. Should Conor McGregor fight Justin Gaethje? No. 
Okay. Should Conor McGregor wait for the winner of Poirier Habib? No. Should Conor McGregor wait for Nate Diaz? Isn't Nate fighting? That's what I mean. Oh, wait to see. Uh, yeah, see how that plays out or if Nate actually turns up? No. Should Conor McGregor wait for the winner of Cowboy versus Ferguson? No. What should Conor McGregor do? <laughs> now I'm pinching this one off Michael Bisping. All right, yeah. What's, what's, uh, what's the count been saying? Call out. Yeah. At 170. Go up to Welser's. Mick Diaz. Wow. That makes ch-ch-ch-ch-ching. Because Nick Diaz remains the fan favourite, even though he hasn't fought in seven years or one in 12. Yeah. He is still the biggest fan favourite globally. And if Nick Diaz is ever going to come back, it would be to make more money than ever before. And how do you do that? You fight against Conor McGregor. And the fans would lap it up and Conor would just fucking... I'd say walk through Nick Diaz, but he'd win the fight easily. He'd win, you know, all five rounds quite comprehensively. But Diaz would make it fun. It'd be an easy fight for him. Is It'd that be a huge, right. huge money spinner right. fight? It's a good shout. It's a great shout. But realistically, I can't claim it myself. But it was Bisping's shout. I'm pinching it off Bisping. Yeah, but it's a it's fucking not, it's not great like, shout. It's not like us to nick anything yeah, and no, then pass it off as a fucking <laughs> great shout. Yeah, great shout. Really? Seen that? I was like, yes, yes. Realistically, yes. Do you reckon? If the, Nick Diaz has never formally announced his retirement. No, and he's, he's allowed to fight again now after he's banned. So, why not? Why wouldn't he? Mm. Why wouldn't he take it? More money than ever. If he doesn't take it, if he doesn't, if he's not interested, if he comes out and says not interested, then he'll never fight again. Because it's not like Nick Diaz is scared of fucking Conor McGregor. Far from it. Nick Diaz thinking it doesn't even matter about the fact that he's got the size advantage or anything like that. All he's thinking is I am more money than any other fighter today, so I can go there and fight Conor McGregor. Demand a couple of million quid and get it. Connor rides off with his fucking 30 million or whatever. Everyone's a winner. Honestly, I, as soon as I seen it, I was like, that is a fucking shout and a half. There you go then. In Forget- terms of Connor, low impact, doesn't have to cut any weight. To fight you wins quite easily. All right then. On the other fights that were suggested then. Yes. For example, a Gaethje fight. Yes. Does he want to get involved with Justin Gaethje? Um, Justin Gaethje is very easy to hit. He is very easy to hit, and but if Justin Gaethje decides to wrestle, fought to the strengths, yeah, decides to wrestle, goes back to his wrestle Connor's, wrestling days, he'd fuck Conor up. But why would he? He never has. No. As an MMA fighter, he doesn't consider himself a wrestler. He considers himself a striker. Yeah, and he would just walk forward. It would be super entertaining. Yeah, and Conor, as we know, can gas. And Ju- Gaethje's got the kind of face that makes you tired because he takes shots. He just walks you down. And, Go on, hit me, hit me again. All right then, Cowboy Ferguson. That's playing out. Is that next week? That's, that's only a couple of weeks off, isn't it? That's uh, the Sajudo card, isn't it? Yeah, the undercard of Sajudo. Right. So it's literally two weeks away. Yeah. The so off the back of that, mm-hmm. Ferguson's going to probably want the winner of Habib's fight, right? That's what yes. he's going to want. He's going to want to get back in the mix and try and get his back. And he back. should get it. Yes, that's fair enough. And if he comes through successfully against Cowboy, if he is the fighter that he once was, then. He progresses towards that fight. Does Cowboy then come sideways to Conor McGregor? I think that's the fight, yeah. I think I think if, if, if Diaz is not interested, I think Cowboy losing to Tony Ferguson, who then goes into a title shot, Cowboy against Conor McGregor makes perfect sense. I want to see that fight. I want to see Cowboy fight Conor at lightweight. I want to see it. And Cowboy, 
being cowboy, he's like, well, whatever. If it happens, it happens. He's not asked. He couldn't give two fucks, could he? As long as he gets the fight, he doesn't really care. He's not really doing it for the money anymore. He's probably got more money than he needs, but obviously everybody wants that kind of money. Mm. And I think I think Cowboy has been told, listen, regardless, if you lo- obviously if you beat Tony Ferguson, you probably get a title shot next. Or I think I think win, lose, or draw, Cowboy could well be facing Connor next. Regardless. That's how I think he's gonna play out. Win, lose, or draw. The problem is I think Tony Ferguson beats beats. Um, Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah, if, I agree. if Tony Fagan's got anything left about him, I, I think, don't know what I think the last that, six months have I done think, to him. But. Well, I think the Ferguson fight, Ferguson comes through the fight with Cowboy. Yeah. And he will then be sat there going, right, when Habib and Poirier's finished in Abu Dhabi, I mean, Habib's already come out and he said that he wants to fight again this year, looking at the back end, November, December time. That's perfect. That's the, the title fight there, yes. isn't it, in the lightweight division? Ferguson against him. Hopefully we finally get it because it's been made about 25 million times and they keep falling off. Yeah. Fingers crossed they actually get it on and they both met the octagon walk. It'll never happen. But, but yeah. then the cowboy fight for Connor in and around, because Connor's looking, what, around November time? Something like that? Yeah. Let's do it. Supposedly. I think that I think that makes the most perfect sense rather than even the Nate Diaz uh, Showtime fight. Once that is all done and dusted, we're... The Nate Diaz fight is always there, you see. That's never going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can he can click his fingers for the Nate Diaz fight whenever he wants. But the if he's coming back in November, which is probably going to be Madison Square Garden in New York, that's 244, that's on November the 2nd. That would be the card where you'd think, looking into what Connor's saying and what Dana White's saying, that's kind of what they're looking towards. And either Ferguson or Cowboy would lend themselves perfectly to that fight, or fucking, of course, Nick Diaz. Don't get away from the Nick Diaz fight, honestly. I think it was a mad shout by Bisping, but you know what? Makes sense for everybody. The UFC get Diaz back in the ring because regardless of the fact he hasn't won in years, literally years, he is still one of the most popular fighters on the roster. Is he even on the roster anymore? I don't no, even I don't know. I think he is. But he's still one of the most popular guys out there. Yeah. Um, Looking ahead towards June 29th, I was actually looking forward to uh, this because myself and Nick have been talking about International Fight Week and the possibility of maybe going over there and watching John's do his thing in the flesh now that me and John's are best mates and stuff, right? That I'm a shit house and mm-hmm. I've decided to forget about the pickograms and all that. Uh, and on that card, we were going to get JDS against Nganu. However, they've moved it forward. Because of the Lawler situation with uh, Tyron Woodley, they're looking for a main event uh, for that card um, on June the 29th. So... Uh, Dos Santos against Nganu will headline that there. Lola will hopefully stay on the card, still undecided as to who he's going to have a knock with. Fingers crossed, one of our British mm-hmm. lads might get that. Leon, stick your fucking hand up. Come on, son. Get in there. Get in that mix. Um, mm-hmm. But JDS and Nganu moving forward. So that's it. The fight we've already spoke about. We're still buzzed up for the fight. It's just that it's moving forward. And I'm a little disappointed because the card of UFC 239 was looking really, really tasty. It's still really, really tasty because Jones is on there against uh, Thiago in the main event. Um, but that one's no longer on it, that heavyweight knock. No, I know. Well, it was it was co-co-main anyway, wasn't it? Because Nunes is fighting Holly Holm yep. in the co-main event. So it wasn't top of the bill anyway. And obviously Masvidal, Ben Askren's still on that card too. Um, so it hasn't really taken too much away from fighting. No, not at all. Fight week. But... Uh, yeah, man, I'm still, I'm like you, I'm still waiting for a, a Lawler announcement. I haven't heard anything else from Till, apart from him saying that he would quite happily take the fight at 175. But uh, I don't know what the UFC's thinking is behind it at the moment, only that it certainly ain't going to be Leon. Mm. Uh, rolling into this weekend. In fact, do you want to talk about Polaris? Because I know you're a big fan of this. I'm not. No, I'm not. This is the mad thing. I'm not a huge fan. Of, obviously, I don't train jiu-jitsu. I'm not a huge fan of jiu-jitsu. 
The only time I've been to a jiu-jitsu tournament was when I went to Quintet with Dan when I was in Las Vegas last year, yeah. which was amazing. That was around, in fact, that was Conor Khabib fight week, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I went to Quintet the night before, I think it was. Frank Have you not Mia done them Polaris in London at the O2? No, I've never been to a, a, a Polaris event before. Um, but obviously, Quintet was amazing in Vegas. The format of Quintet, for anyone that doesn't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'm talking about combat jiu-jitsu here, which I know sounds wank. And it largely is. But, but Quintet's <laughs> cool because Quintet, you have two teams of five and the whole team has got a weight cap. So the whole team might have to weigh, you know, 800 pounds. Yep. And now you break that down over it's your five-man you. team, is up to you. You could have two heavyweights and two flyweights and a middleweight or whatever it may be. Or yeah. you could have a team of middleweight killers. It doesn't, you know, whatever it is, as long as your balance is out. And out works is you, 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 you have your one to five, one fights one, uh, whoever wins stays on the mat. So your number two guy comes on now, fights the number one guy. Yeah, yeah. And if listen, one guy can stay on and win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it's a draw, by the way, which happens a lot in jiu-jitsu, uh, both guys get thrown off the mat. It's like you're boring the shit out of us. Both of you get off. Next two guys come on. So it's kind of cool. The format was cool. Anyway, on that night, Nicky Ryan, the teenage sensation, his older brother Gordon Ryan, anyone that's got... These these are names that you should become familiar with because in MMA circles, these they guys will, will come through point. eventually, yeah. Young Nicky Ryan is like 16, 17. Anyway, brings on to Polaris this weekend down in fucking Dorset of all places. Pool in Dorset. Pool in Dorset, yeah. Hmm. Jiu-Jitsu and it's money. This is it. Jiu-Jitsu, you see, traditionally from Brazil was like a rich, like a middle-class sport. The working class didn't have it, but there's another sport called Luta Livre, which is what they do a team cowboy with till and all that stuff. And that is like... Uh, Basically, that is no for, good. For it's the yeah, it's basically that's what working class people Street in Brazil yeah. would, would learn Luta Livre because it's no gi jiu jitsu because they couldn't afford gis, they couldn't afford mats, they just did it on the street, they did their own version of it. On anyway, a little bit of history for you there. Um, Nicky Ryan was fighting this weekend in Polaris, the main event he was fighting against, obviously, the legend that is Uriah Faber. Um, Faber, tricky owl bastard, he turns up and fights just in a pair of shorts, no rash guard on. So Nicky Ryan couldn't really get a grip of his top or, you know, get a good grip on his body because it was just slipping off. Uriah's waxed up to fuck, do you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I'll fight the 17-year-old kid in the main event, but I'm going to, I'll man him, big style. And also, at one point, they're on the floor and Uriah's just fucking slapping him in the face, just like, it kept getting warnings from the referee. Oh, it was like, old habits die hard here. Uriah's just cracking him on, <laughs> elbow in the face and everything, which obviously in jiu-jitsu you can't do. Anyway, long story short, I can't even tell you who won because the fucking UFC fight pass broadcast finished with 96 minute and a half to go of the of the fight itself so obviously i know nicky ryan went on to win but it and listen these polaris things they're getting bigger you've got to be into obviously the grappling side of mma to kind of to kind of get it i'll be honest i watched it i wasn't really that into it the quintet thing was cooler because you're like oh my god who's going to win this and will he stay on and you've got that thing of going oh shit the flyweight's just won and the next guy coming on to heavyweight yeah this is crazy this is going to be fun you haven't really got that element about it again you've got to kind of be into grappling but fight pass fucked up dropped the ball lost the last 90 seconds of the fight and the winner and anyways it's all right they're only you watching it mate it's fine um UFC Fight Night 153 this weekend rocked into Stockholm uh, as we've spoken about this wonderful city on many occasions on the show we are big fans of uh, Swedish Stockholm and this weekend sees one of their own Alex Gustafsson back in the octagon against Anthony Smith both men coming off losses uh, to the one and only Mr John Jones 
The light heavyweight division at this moment in time is kind of sewn up. Jones is the champ. Jones has already named his next three opponents. He's fighting Thiago. Then he's going to fight Rocco. Then he's going to fight Johnny Walker. And then he might jog on up to uh, heavyweight. That's what might happen. That's what he's alluded to happen. So therefore, for these lads, what are they actually fighting for at the weekend? Pride? Is that what they're fighting for? Or just to get the names back in the mix so they can start to make some legitimate noise to try and jump over the top of a Luke Rocco to get another shot at John Jones? Yeah, it, it, it's weird when you're in a in a weight division that contains the GOAT, that contains such a dominant champion like Jones, and you've both lost to him as well, twice in, t- in Gustafsson's case. It is kind of like, a, you know, what, what are these guys fighting for, the silver medal? Unlike in boxing, of course, the UFC, there is only one belt unless the champion's inactive when, the, you know, when we're getting into them sometimes. So regardless of who wins out in Sweden, it's kind of like, a, okay, who are you fighting next? Yeah. Are you going to fight the winner of the co-main event, Latifi versus Uzumir? Yeah. Are you going to fight the winner of the co-co-main, Manoa versus Rakic? Yeah. You know, Gustafsson's already fought Manoa. And now the teammates, they'll never fight. Latifi's teammates with those two as well. So yep. those three won't fight. Yep. It's only really if <clears throat> Uzumir wins and Gustafsson wins, then there's a potential fight there. Because they've not fought each other before. But you're right, it's kind of like the the rest of the best 205s on the planet are fighting in Sweden this weekend, jostling for position, but we don't quite know what the jostling for. With, you know, an amazing performance by a Latifi or by a Manawa, someone who hasn't had a title shot, may well springboard them into a title shot position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think John Jones has already set his, his thing out that he wants to beat the Santos and, and he, he wants, wants to, to beat fight Rockhold. Rockhold. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously Rockhold's got to win himself first, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, listen, I'm a massive Alexander Gustafsson fan, as you well know, and watching Gustafsson fight out in Sweden is kind of like one of those bucket list things because they're absolutely bonkers about him and he's a he's a superstar. Noticeably, though, the the back at the Ericsson Globe now where they'd moved up to the big arena, where now they've gone back down to the Globe again, which for me is cooler to a more intimate venue, but is that reflecting the fact that maybe even Sweden have gone, well, you've had a couple of shots at the title now, you're never going to win it. So the, the cooling on Alexander Gustafsson, hmm. maybe, um, which is disappointing because he's, he's fucking ace, Alex, but... And I think he's up against it here as well. I think Anthony Smith is all wrong for Alex in a yeah, lot of ways. I do. Um, it feels like Rumble all over again when Rumble went to Sweden and we stayed up till like four in the morning. And bizarrely, well, let me just, I'll have to check the numbers on it. But the fight against, I was in Sweden covering Alexander Gustafsson against Rumble Johnson. The fight was on a four in the morning and I was in a bar a couple of hours before the, the card started watching Liverpool in a cup final. Bizarrely. This weekend, same again. It's the same again this weekend, yeah. Same again, exactly. Try and check the date on that. I wonder if it, I'm trying to think what cup final it must have been. Mm. But regarding the actual fight, the way that this breaks down at the weekend, both men coming off the loss of John Jones, if you were just to analyse those particular losses, yep. Alex looked better in his loss than Smith did in his loss. Smith just didn't get going. He couldn't figure out the rhythm, I suppose, of John Jones in that fight. And therefore, looked very, very poor. Even though going into that fight, he looks on fire. He was mm-hmm. absolutely on fire. He was smoking kids, really, really smoking kids. And I thought, hey, this is the lad that could give Jones a few questions to answer. Uh, it never materialised on that particular night. And as you've just pointed out, this is Sweden. This is Alex's home. He's always, well, I say always. You're going to obviously talk a little bit more about that Rumble fight in a moment or two. But he's always stepped up, apart from that particular time. 
in Sweden. Now, yeah. I agree with you. I think because he's he is past his best, is Alex, and he's been so inactive for such a long period of time. That's what's killed him. I think this is made for Anthony Smith. No wonder Anthony Smith has absolutely snapped the hand off. To go and take a legend in his own backyard makes a massive statement. Yeah. A massive, massive statement. Um, and I genuinely think that he could do that this weekend. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I just think he's he's all wrong for where Alex is. And I think, you know, going the distance with John Jones would have hurt Anthony Smith, but it didn't it hadn't seemed to change his mentality. He's got such a strong mental state that he's like, yeah, I want to stay busy. Yes, I'm learning. This is, I'm new to this weight division. You know, the title shot came. I gave it my best shot. I went to distance with the greatest of all time. Now I'm back to prove that I'm the man. I'm still one level just below John Jones. And there's certainly no, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the problem with that Alex has got is that prior to going to distance with John Jones, he had three fights at light heavyweight. He obliterated my boy, Rashad Evans. He destroyed Shogun. And we were like, he's the legend killer. Then he caught up against Uzumir and we were like, oh, this will be one step too far. And then he goes and chokes out Uzumir in the third round as well. So big performances from Anthony Smith, obviously, which led to the title shot. So um, it will be different for him going out to Stock- Stockholm, but Stockholm is not like, you know, walking out Stephen Thompson in Liverpool to take on Darren Till. That's just not the way Swedish people behave. Mm. You know, he'll be, he'll be. I remember going back to the Rumble fight again. I remember speaking with Rumble at Media Day, and I was like, you know, what do you think about Sweden? And, you know, all the usual bullshit questions at first. And he was like, it's been amazing. Like, people stop me in the street, shaking my hand, want to take pictures. Like, I've, I'm, I've been totally welcomed with open, open arms by Sweden. I feel fantastic. There's no pressure on my shoulders. All the pressure's on him. I've seen him getting pushed around the place with a massive entourage, and he's getting pulled from pillar to post. I went out for my breakfast out today and went for a walk down by the down by the water and there's all people there and everyone was lovely and blah, I feel fantastic. And what happens, he gets in the he gets in the octagon and absolutely steamrolled Alex and sparked him out. So Anthony Smith will have a similar welcome when he gets to Sweden this week. He, mm. he won't feel like there's any pressure on him at all. And yet Alex, because it is in Sweden, as you say, he's under pressure to perform. He's under pressure because the Swedish people will be saying, we've supported you through thick and thin. You've been there. The, the guy at the front of this peak of this sport and this surge of MMA in, in Sweden, which still surprises me now because they haven't got a rich traditional fight sports history, yet they've taken to MMA. Like, the fucking governing body for the sport, the IMAF, is based in Sweden. It's based in Stockholm. Mm. You know, they've really embraced the sport like no one could ever have imagined in Sweden. And Gustafsson is the guy at the front of the fucking the, the pinnacle, you know? He's the, been the leading light, but... He's had three world title fights in the UFC, three big title fights, and yes, he was incredibly unlucky to lose against Jones first time, but there was no dispute in the loss against DC. There was no dispute in the second loss to John Jones. Mm. So, I don't know, man. It's uh, it, it, it's uh, once again all the pressures on Alex, and there's, a, there's, there's a little lot, reward for it as there's well. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of lads this weekend because if you look at the the Uzumir fight, Latifi, Uzumir. How like the MMA gods don't, don't smile on anybody? No, because there were a period of time two years ago where we we're all going crazy for Uzumir, knocking dudes out for fun. Yeah, now he's on a three-fight skid. Yeah, and with all due respect, his last fight against Reyes, who was an absolute monster, stood next to him during fight week at UFC London. He's a big old beast. 
I actually thought Uzumiya was very unlucky in that fight. I actually thought Uzumiya won it. And the crowd kind of agreed with me on that particular night because they were all booing the decision. Reyes ended up getting his hand raised, isn't it? But it doesn't help the confidence of Uzumiya. He's now three fights uh, on, on the raw that he's ended up getting beat. Yeah. This is a big crossroads moment for him this weekend. He's fighting a geezer that's based out of Sweden. One of Alex's teammates. I think Latifi's coming off a defeat as well, isn't he? Yeah. I think he was beat last time. Um, again, another crossroads moment for the both of these boys. Yeah. Latifi, like Alex, Latifi's just not busy enough. You know, he fights once a year at best. And then, you, you know, you, you get wins over the likes of Tyson Pedro and an, o, an OSP. But then, you know, fringe top 10 guys. And then you lose to against against Corey Anderson, another fringe top 10 guy. It's like he's not moving. Mm. This, the, the light heavyweight division is so weird because it's kind of like the same 10 names that have been there for the last two or three years. There's a lot of Neely there's men. There's only there. Anthony Smith and, and DeSantos who have come in fresh. Johnny Walker. And Johnny Walker, sorry, and just gone fuck off right through the whole field. Just marched it on the There's so ball. many Neely men doing the exact yeah. same thing. They just get That's there, what I mean. There's, and then they fall off. There's six or seven of them, mm. you know, and you, you, you include all these Latifi, Manawa. You know, even Jimmy, like there's pressure on Jimmy. This Massive weekend. pressure on Jimmy. Jimmy's fighting uh, Rakic, as you as you mentioned. Rakic, in the UFC, he's won his last three. I think he's won his last ten fights. He, he lost his first MMA fight, and then he's just gone straight through. Yeah. Okay, there's a level of opponent, of course there is. Yeah. But Jimmy's on a, a three-fight skid. First time in his career. This is massive for Jimmy. Again, another guy that's based out of Sweden. But it's a huge, huge night for that gym. Massive night. All coming off losses going into the big, big fights at the weekend. Yeah. And they're going like that. Bang, bang, bang. The beautiful the thing... The top three fights are all from the same gym. What I will say is, Jimmy's fight against Rakic. Rakic's background is, is kickboxing. This is perfect for Jimmy. Yes. If Jimmy can't get a victory here, then... He'll spew it. Then there's serious questions to be asked. I think he'll spew it. He's been fighting other lads that are, speci- that have, uh, that are specialists in other disciplines, right? Yeah. This kid, he is made for Jimmy. He's a striker. They're both standing up and they're yeah. both whacking. And this is Jimmy's game. Exactly. And this Rakic as well, you know, you say that he's, he's had a couple of fights in the UFC now. He's won them all, but he won his first. He won his last fight by a knockout in the first round. Mm. So we'll be coming in, looking at Jimmy's lost his last three, thinking he'll be jumping on him. I'll fucking steamroll this yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. and that's what Jimmy. Is that's what he wants for. him to do, yeah. Because Jimmy, will, Jimmy will put him out to kip, no problem. But you're right. Once you get in the habit of losing, and listen, Jimmy's losing against the top guys, the guys at the top of the tree. You know, the guys in the top five in the division. He's lost three, three on the bounce, two guys at the top of the division but losing's a habit I say this all the time once you learn how to lose once mm. it becomes a habit whether you want to or not you just suddenly fall you just it's like a falling down a fucking dark tunnel and he's got to pull himself out here and, and Rakic as you say I think he's made for Jimmy I think Jimmy gets a sensational knockout this weekend but if he doesn't if yeah. he loses this fight I don't what? even think the UFC will have to call him Jimmy's not daft. Jimmy ain't going to stick around losing to the likes of Alexander Rakic. Mm. If he loses here, Jimmy Manor will spew it this weekend, I guarantee it. Mm. He's got better things to do with his life. Uh, how's your boy Fishy going to go on this weekend? Because they've teamed him up with uh, Makwan Amiakani, right? Yeah. Amiakani, I remember watching him against Arnold Allen, and I thought he was very unlucky that night, actually. He lost a split decision against Arnold Allen, didn't he? And I think that's his only defeat in the UFC. Yeah. I like the kid. I think Amir Khan is a very talented fighter. Where's Fishy at? And how do you think this one's going to go down? Chris is in a great mindset. And, uh, you know, I don't want to paraphrase him too much because I went to the gym on, on Friday and did an interview with him. So we'll bang that up on Fight Disciples' uh, YouTube account this week once I work out. out to, I, I meant to send it to you. I couldn't send you the video. I don't know mm. how to do it. Mm. Uh, I'll do that now, actually. Um, but I'll send you the video over and then you can've got the thingy. Anyway, yeah. there's an interview with Chris Fishy. One job. It's, One job, I yeah. Know, it's, <laughs> 
an interview with Chris Fishville, got Chris Fishgold going up, giving you this full breakdown of this hopefully. fight, and how he, hopefully, hopefully yeah, 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 how he thinks it's going to play. Or out. we'll just video Nick telling you about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but into, listen, he's in a really good place. He feels like he's way beyond this level. Um, he feels like he can really do something in the UFC. You know, he's not. He's, he hasn't got to the UFC and suddenly now he's treating it like he's he's arrived. He's like, no, I want a titles fight. I want to I want to go all the way in the UFC. You know, he was a featherweight and lightweight champion in cage warriors, completely dominated um, <clears throat> the best they had. And you know what? Even even he even confessed in the video he wasn't even motivated. He wasn't even training properly. He just wasn't into it. And now he's really got the bit between his teeth. He sees Amir Khan as a a big step up. But also, you know, he's saying that Amir Khani's background, obviously he comes from a wrestling background, but he yeah. does like to strike. Yeah. He's obviously trained out of SBG. Only fights once a year, Mr. Finland, which is what goes against him. Otherwise, he'd be a big star. He's ma- he's really popular with the UFC. I know that. Uh, they really like him. So that's why he always gets these main card spots, even though he only fights once a year. Um, and he's uber talented. And, he, you know, we know what we'll get this week in Sweden. And I was telling Chris about it. I said, Amir Khan, he'll be in your face. He'll be all over you. He'll be effing and jeffing at you. He'll be trying to start fighting the lift and all that. Because that's what he does. He needs you to be out of your mind. And come, and, and Chris is adamant he won't be like that. But listen, you know what? I think it could be a really good fight. I think stand-up-wise, it, it's kind of like a, a flip a coin. Amir Khan, he's looked explosive at times, like when he knocked out Andy Ogle with that flying knee. Mm-hmm. But he's not really a powerful guy. He's more of a grinder. If you look at his record, I think, other than Ogle, I don't know if he's, he's stopped anybody else with strikes. Uh, Fishgold, of course, is a jiu-jitsu black belt, so, but really fancies his hands for this fight. But Amir Khan's strength is really throwing shots, taking you down, ground, grinding you on the floor, and his ability to hold you down because of his wrestling pedigree. But on his back, Fishgold's a demon because he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So it, it could be a really interesting matchup, this one. Uh, you know, Are you going for a sub? I think it's a massive... Uh, uh, obviously, I'm hoping Chris Fishgold gets a sub. And I think it would be a massive victory for Fishgold. It's a huge just victory. because of where Amir Khani is yeah. in the UFC pecking order, it'd be huge. Because, as I said to Chris in the interview, look where Arnold Allen is now. Arnold Allen beats Amir Khani. Mm. Now he's fighting fucking Gil Melendez, one of the original scrap pack and mm. one of the icons of the sport. You just don't know what doors they could open. So Fishgold's an old what's at stake heading out to Sweden. But as I say, Amir Khani only fights once a year. But if he fought more often, he would be climbing these rankings a lot quicker. And I think Amir Khani's got his back against the wall a little bit. I know he won in Liverpool last time out since he's lost to Arnold Allen. Um, and he looked decent in Liverpool, but not great. Uh, I think these two could be made for each other. Could be a cracker. Mm. Uh, I see that Stevie Ray's on the undercard as well. Our yes. old boy. Yeah, Stevie. And you know what? This is another guy that's, you know, a great con- con- contender in terms of the British mixed martial arts, a real guy that has done it massively on a home scale, but just hasn't had the opportunities in the US. He seems to be one of those guys that's always like, can I fight there? Can I do this? Can I do that? Never really gets the opportunities. If it's He's, a, he's an Amaya guy, isn't he? If there's mm. a show on Amaya, chances are Stevie Ray's going to be on it. And you've got to break that cycle somehow. You know, look at Leon Edwards. He's, he, he lives in that world. You've got to break that cycle. You've mm-hmm. got to get over to America. Or I know he had one fight in Canada, but you know it was it was on the early prelims of a fight night card. You know he's never. I don't think Stevie Ray's ever fought on anything but a UFC fight night. Even though he's been in eight or nine UFC fights now, he's never actually been on a pay per view event. He's mm-hmm. never been on a big card that you would go like fucking hell. That's a massive bill. You know he's 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 a, he's a fight night guy, and to break off that. Can be tough. He had that amazing run where he beat like Ross Pearson, where he beat Joe Lauzon, and you were like, "Okay, shit's happening now for Stevie Ray." But 
But then he loses, you know, you fight Paul Feld, he loses to Paul Feld, he loses the one after that. It's hard for him to really get any momentum. It feels like, you know, the worrying thing for m- most of these guys at the moment is, like Stevie Ray, is when you look at the, the likes of Theodoro getting cut, yeah. who's ranked in the top 15, and he's not winning that one fight to break him forward. If you're floating around th- ranked 30, and you're not able to break forward, then you've got to be looking over your shoulder thinking, if I'm not in performance of the night, I probably won't get a call again. Mm. If he's getting cut, if the likes of he's getting cut, you should be looking over your shoulder. Absolutely. So, you know, as always, Stevie Ray needs a big performance, but Leonardo Santos is no mug either. You know, the guy can fucking fight. Mm. You know, I don't think he's lost in about fucking six years. <coughs> Certainly never lost in the UFC. Um you know, he had an b- amazing performance against performance of the night against when he stopped Kevin Lee mm. in this lightweight division. So I think it's a tough one for Stevie Ray. Mm. If you look at the card um, and you're going to pay attention to this at the weekend after you've watched the Champions League, maybe you're staying up for a little bit of Anthony Joshua as well. Uh-huh. This will be floating in and around those. So you yes. can maybe keep an eye on everything that's going on at UFC Stockholm. Um, the top three, the uh, the guys at 205, all those three will be great fights. Um, I think the Uzumir Latifi fight will be a bit, bit cagey if it, especially if it goes on the deck if, if Latifi gets his way and gets him on the deck it yeah. could be a bit of a cagey fight but I think Manu's fight will be explosive and I think uh, Gustafsson and, uh, and Smith, Smith will be explosive two, two crackers there Fish goal's always going to be well worth a watch even yes. though it could play out on the deck um, so where else would you point people towards on this particular card for you know what we like stand, for so, for stand, some stand up stand and bang yeah exactly Yeah, for something a bit special um Check out the guy who opens up the main card. Uh, again, it's, it's the easy way to go is who's opening up the main card. Mm. Uh, Daniel Timor from Sweden yep. is taking on Sung Binjo, uh, who is known as the Korean Falcon, who's undefeated striker. Um, don't know. I don't think he's ever been to points, but he's he's like... Is that a UFC debut? Knockouts, arm bars, rear naked chokes, you know, flying knees. This guy's got a little bit of everything. Okay, on a different level. Never fought in the UFC before, so it's a big step up yeah. for the Korean Falcon. But obviously the UFC, just like they did with Danny Roberts last week, they're looking for someone like Sung Bin Show to open up a Korean market. And it's a case of, if mate, if you can do flashy shit over there and win, just come over here and do flashy shit as well. So a lot of pressure on Daniel Timor there. I feel like he's been getting fed to the wolves a little bit. But anyway, it Fuck is it. what it is. That's and, what we're here for. But fight of the night on the early cards. I think fight of the night's probably going to be in them light, the light heavyweights. On the early cards as well, check out Nick Hine, the German um, cop slash TV actor who's taken on uh, Frank Camacho. Cagney and Lacey, Cagney, Exactly, yeah. He's taken on Frank Camacho, uh, who's from Guam. And uh, I know Dan, uh, Dan Hardy is an absolute uh, Frank Camacho super fan. Weirdly, when you watch him fight, he's, he's all action. It's all fucking arseholes and elbows. Super entertaining. At one point, he looked like a guy, a guy that was going to make a push for the title run at lightweight division, but he's lost a couple since then. Frank Camacho just suddenly looks human. He looks a little bit too hittable. Nick Hine loves a tear-up. That is my tip for the undercard prelims uh, fight of the night. There you go. But it's all about the light heavies. Yeah, all about the light It's all about Alex, always is. There you go. We've got a good weekend of uh, fight sports lined up for you, obviously, in the boxing world. Make sure you download that podcast, all the preview for Madison Square Garden. We've obviously got this at UFC Stockholm in the world of mixed martial arts, and we'll be reviewing it all next week and building up towards another bumper weekend uh, of fights. Uh, Don't forget, the store is now open. You can go and get your tackle. If you want a T-shirt, a hoodie, or or a pin badge, get yourself on there now. Fightdisciplestore.com. 
uh, you can get to it via our website, fightdisciples.com, where you can also subscribe to this podcast. You can also do that on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. We are at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram is at The Fight Disciples. Please follow all those accounts for all your latest when it comes to what we're up to and the fight world. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.